Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixels and Ink podcast, episode 318, brought to you by CG Magazine. I am your host, Jordan Biorti, and joining me today is the always uh, eccentric Clement Go. Eccentric? Is that what you call me? Uh, I couldn't think of a better word. <laughs> Yikes. Well, anything's, well, it could have been worse than eccentric, but happy to be back, of course. Yeah, you had a nice little uh, little week-long vacay. Where'd you go? Uh, I went down to my kitchen. I went across the house. Went to Walmart at one point, so it was a nice oh, staycation. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Very good. Um, yeah, I guess where where are you gonna go in this uh, in this in, in in the current times in the in the new normal? Right. Sometimes a living room doesn't need flight tickets, so you no, remember you that, know, and you feel a lot, little bit better about yourself. I mean, especially now you got like Mario Sunshine. It's like you can just go to a tropical island if you want. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, like I had Super Mario Odyssey before, so I I just go back to that beach level every time with the giant octopus. Oh, that's my favorite. It's great. That's my favorite. Feels Let's like talk. a better vacation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us is uh, unnamed intern number one. <laughs> hey, uh, my name is Chris DeHoog. It's great to be on the show. You don't get a name. You have to earn your name. Oh, I do. Okay, I'll take it back. Then. <laughs> what do you have against interns, Jordan? Uh, nothing. But we they, we all have to go through the uh, through the through the gauntlet first before we uh, before we get recognition on the podcast. It's our, okay, it's our well, I, yeah. yeah, I was in his shoes like around like nine to ten months ago. So I don't know if this was me before I met Jordan or after. But I had, that gauntlet was more like a pillow to the face for me. Yeah, you got lucky. <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't. Uh, wasn't around. The, well, I was around, but I wasn't like actively around. Yeah. So I wasn't suffocating under that pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is the end of uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest with me. Oh no! Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Chris. It's good to have you on. Yeah, good to be here. Otherwise, this this would have been a very intimate uh, <laughs> podcast. Just me and Clem. Yeah, he would have made it really weird. We would have, like, uh, we would have ones over the co- cuckoo nest, kind of weird. No, no, no. We would have, I would have just like put on our like our like soft NPR voice, and like we would have just made it a very chill podcast. We can still get weird. Well, <laughs> let's see, let's see how the night goes. See how it flows. All right. Well, jumping right into it, we've got some uh, some decent headlines this week. So I think probably the uh, one of the biggest stories to talk about is bethesda getting uh scooped up by microsoft there huge elephant in the room right there especially with a major company like microsoft uh buying all of all the companies they choose from they got bethesda so a lot of the properties we're talking like doom skyrim wolfenstein all of the like huge names out there under microsoft's brand now it was you know it made me laugh because my uh, one of the guys i work with was uh he like mentioned it to me and he was like, oh, yeah, did you hear uh, Bethesda got bought up by Microsoft? And I was like, oh, no, I guess I can only play Fallout 76 on Xbox now. <laughs> the world weeps. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll just have to, you know, play. And I was like, it's I'm like, it's fine. Like, Obsidian already put out the better Fallout, and they're going to put out the better Elder Scrolls. So it's like, what do we need Bethesda for? Well, what their uh, Xbox is smart delivery. You could always go back in time. If uh, Fallout 76 ever gets to 76 for you, you can always head to number three or New <laughs> Vegas or head back in time through like uh, a lot of Bethesda's library. So I think 
you know, one thing that happens when Bethesda gets bought up is that they'll also carry a lot of like their past IPs with them, like straight in the yeah. stuff like smart delivery. Yeah. So for people on Xbox, they get a kind of an edge and enjoying a lot of these um uh, games, right? By Bethesda. And just today too, like they even announced that Doom Eternal would be on the Game Pass, I believe. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, see, like that again. Like I, I feel like that's it's it is a it's, it's a very smart move by Microsoft. There's no, there's really no quarrel about it. But like it to me, it's like it it's one of those like very dangerous things where you're starting to see this like monopolization of these companies. Like, like you know, games like Fallout and and Elder Scrolls, like they're so um like popular to a lot of RPG fans, and now. Like the idea that you know anyone who 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 grew, like played those games on previous consoles now it's like it's like if they want to keep playing them you're gonna have to get an Xbox you know what I mean like is whether or not Xbox true? well like whether or not Xbox is willing to like let other pe- other kids play in the sandbox and you know and they keep games like Doom and stuff you know multi platform um is I guess is yet to be seen but like. You know, I they they bought up Rare as well too, and you know, and they put out Killer Instinct that was supposed to be their like killer app, wink wink, on uh, the Xbox uh-huh. One, right? Like, and it's like for for a guy like me who, I, you know, I didn't really play Killer Instinct in the arcade, but like Killer Instinct to me was like that was like one of the staple games of the Super Nintendo, like, you know, so it's just like now it's like it's like something I grew up with that 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 I sort of associate with a Nintendo console is like a xbox exclusive now it's like same thing with like battletoads right and same thing with um you know if they ever if they ever make a new banjo kazooie like that you know ideally that's going to be an xbox exclusive that's how you're going to get all those like pre those you know nostalgia fans to buy your console i you'd think right it and i know what you mean by that it's also properties like battletoads killer instinct Mm -hmm. even uh like uh doom or the Bethesda titles too, even Elder Scrolls, like they'll go through like the same developers, even a, like the same team, but they also have to play under Microsoft's rules as well, which is something they haven't done before. So you're bound yeah. to m- see some changes if there's any future games coming out, which is where I see your point. Chris, what are your thoughts on this? It's a big shot across the bow too, like to, to Sony as well. Like they snapped up, you know, it's not the one of the biggest RPG producers, like you said. Like Fallout, or sorry, uh, Elder Scrolls Six was already supposed to come out on PS Five. Is that still going to happen? Are they, are they are they going to hold that back on? It? That's a pretty big uh, that's a pretty big shot fired. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I, I guess it really does. Uh, it like remains to be seen, right? The only the only like other company that I can see having like some hope of seeing like these games on it is Nintendo, just because Microsoft has been kind of being really chummy with Nintendo lately. Yeah, your your enemy is my friend, right? So um, makes sense for them to be, to be chummy. I'm I, I'm just kind of curious if if Sony's going to respond and you know snap somebody else up, just kind of secure some more exclusives for themselves. Maybe I mean I've noticed Sony and Xbox both securing a lot of companies as much as they can just to develop more next gen stuff, right? Because it's all about the exclusivity and the in game benefits too. I mean, like uh, just like. In one of our past episodes, we were talking about Marvel's Avengers and how there were different characters being in the same benefits. Now, you get a lot of that because, like, uh, with Microsoft buying things like Bethesda, right? Maybe in the next Elder Scrolls game, 
they could do some perk like add Master Chief in there or something like that. <laughs> and I think yeah. that's also a part of like uh, how all the companies are just choosing a side in this kind of like, I don't want to say console civil war. I will say console civil war. Well, <laughs> let's let's not let's not hyperbolize a little bit. I think the console war ended, you know, when when the idea of owning more than one console became a a very lucrative business tactic for a lot of these guys, but just for the game industry in general, right? Um you know, it's just I don't know. I I I, I we got I guess the bottom line is we're really just going to have to wait and see like um, I, I, I can imagine maybe, maybe if, you know, because I, I, I kind of feel like Microsoft uh, and Sony are, they're not like, they're not companies that are necessarily reliant on their, on their like game consoles. Right. Like, mm -hmm. so it's not like it's, it really isn't like, like what you get with a system like Nintendo where, you know the reason to buy a Nintendo is for like Mario, Zelda, Kirby, Don, like all the IPs they have that are system sellers. Like Sony and, and Xbox are in this sort or I guess Sony and Microsoft, PlayStation, Xbox um, are in this sort of like weird battle position where it, yeah, like they're grabbing up these studios, but it's just like, they don't necessarily need to, you know what I mm. mean? Like, because at the end of the day, yeah, like if 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 Sony were to never make a PlayStation again, it's not like they're gonna like you know liquidize as a as a business. They'll still have all their other media that they can sell. And yeah, like like all three companies are essentially juggernauts. Like Nintendo could could fail for the next ten years and not run out of money. Like Sony and Microsoft are still like similarly strapped for like uh are similarly flush with cash. Like so yeah. it's, it's just a. Uh, this was a surprising exactly. move for me, I thought, because it just seems like, like a flex. Last generation. Like, what have they been doing? They've been kind of sitting around, not having a lot of exclusive stuff or true exclusive stuff. And now all of a yeah. sudden, they've just woken up, like, oh, right, I can just throw money at this. It's kind of like one of those things where, sorry, they're uh, Sony and Microsoft, they're both starting to like branch out to other developers too, because sure, like they both have their own great exclusives in their own right. It even proves that Microsoft and Sony are like self sustaining brands where they don't need anyone. But for some reason, it's almost as if lately they're starting to say, okay, like, um, sure, like, we can be distinctive with our exclusive brands, but we can be even more distinctive by partnering with these other companies. Kind of like a backwards kind of strategy. Yeah. And it, well, it's not even necessarily, like, partnership, right? It's It's ownership. So now, like, they have this stuff under their belt, but, like, you know, and again, I go, I go back to to Rare. Like Rare was was like such a huge name in the game industry, like back in like the '90s and and uh like early 2000s, right? Like, so you know, for so for for Microsoft to have that, and then yeah, like really have nothing on their console, you know, from that company, like they could have easily sold xboxes on like a new perfect dark a new conquer's bad fur day or like mm -hmm. a new conquer game like a new uh i don't know what else maybe just releasing golden <laughs> eye straight up instead of having people use an emulator <laughs> yeah i mean that would have like that would have been super cool as uh as as well but like you know it's uh 
it's just it's just weird that they that they didn't okay i guess they did they did they did do sea of thieves you know hooray <laughs> um you know but like where was viva pinata that's what i want to know like you know they were doing so much cool stuff jet force gemini oh man like this list so ex- extensive and do you think a lot of different ips get lost in some acquisitions like some titles get overlooked than others when they're being bought over by a company like microsoft or sony i don't think that they get overlooked i just like i think they just get like they just get you know forgotten about right like they have this company but it's like if they're just like not really doing anything with it like then you know because obviously like like, my, like microsoft has to like commission these games right like they have to say okay yeah. you like guys get to work on this on this you know new i don't know yeah like conquer game and it's just like but like they're not you know what i like I, I, I their focus and it just even with the xbox one it seemed like their focus was all over the place with like you know like media apps and sports apps like so where like where these games end up it's just like it's just like they're just basically just sitting on these properties but it's just like they don't have to do anything with them and a lot of times they don't and it's just like it's sad yeah like it's enough to just take it off the table so the other companies can't play with them exactly yeah so i don't know i guess i guess uh i guess we'll have to see how this all shakes out um i mean realistically yeah like fallout and elder scrolls are such huge money makers like just for bethesda like bethesda obviously does does really well with like with the id games um but you know yeah like their their bread and butter are the like those two and then what maybe like maybe dishonored yeah and going back to that too there's also some of the uh like smaller known hits or one shots that bethesda made too like uh the, the dishonored dlcs which are i think are underrated and uh yeah, since Microsoft recently bought them over, right? I think that was also a way for Bethesda to get themselves into the Game Pass. Because I don't know how big the uh, library was before, but after this acquisition, it's kind of like uh, there may be a slight guarantee that future Bethesda games are going to end up uh, in the cloud too, just like in the Game Pass. So that's where Xbox people get an edge for next gen. Yeah, definitely. So... Who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe this might be the 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 time I finally sit down and buy an Xbox. Mm. <laughs> Since the I 360 know. days, uh, I know. Makes Xbox me, One held a... no interest for me at all last generation, and yeah, oh. I, I don't want to go back. <laughs> but it's like, not fun I, owning I, both. It's not. I I think I think yeah, Clemens one of like five people who own it. I know. <laughs> and it was pretty much like um I got the Xbox One because I got FOMO from that previous generation, right? And then even yeah. though I got it, I had games like the Master Chief Collection. And like um then I started realizing my favorite IPs like Ratchet and Clank, Uncharted, God of War, they were all heading over mm-hmm. to PlayStation, obviously. So having to get a PS4 eventually I caved in. And it's kind of like feeding one pet, but having the other starve and you just feel bad <laughs> paying more attention to the PS4 than the Xbox. So it kind of changed as well, because ever since Xbox made their commitment to uh, releasing first party games on the PC, you know, like I have a PC now that Xbox yeah. is pretty much useless. It's like a brick. It's just now. a really expensive paperweight. I know it since the Master Chief collections on the PC it obviously means yeah. my Xbox One serves no purpose anymore besides being like a repository for third party games which I could get straight up on the 
PlayStation, right? So yeah, absolutely. where does Xbox stand in all of <laughs> all of this support? By branching out, they also kind of hurt themselves a bit. It's you know it's funny that you say that uh, like you, you sort of realize that uh, like your favorite IPs and stuff were on um, PlayStation because like so you know I obviously like I you know I'm a Nintendo boy born and bred. Um, oh yeah. But like you know when I when I sort of started transitioning to like other consoles, um, like I had a I you know I had a PlayStation two for a while. Um, but I think I I like like when the like when the the fourth generation happened. Um, or I guess fifth generation it would be, depending on how far back in history you want to go. Um, <laughs> like you know, it was it was sort of that thing where like I liked I, I I liked my PlayStation. I definitely I and 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 I'll I'll say it you know until my my dying breath that the PlayStation Two probably had one of the best like libraries in the history of gaming. Oh for sure, um, yeah. You know, but like the 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 PlayStation Three was just like when it first came out, it was so expensive. It was like close to like a thousand dollars in in Canada when it first came out. So like you know w- when I was looking at getting a new system, like I had an Xbox at the time too. Like, um, so it's not, it's not like I didn't li- I, you know I preferred one over the other, but it just it was that thing where like I had to like I leaned toward the more like affordable system, um, mm-hmm. and I you know and I like stuff like Halo and stuff. So that was sort of enough to make me kind of go like yeah like, I'm gonna get a, a, an Xbox 360. But then oh, when yeah. the, like yeah. when the last generation happened, I was still sort of sitting on the fence about like what I wanted to get, um, and you want to know what's and i think i've talked about this before but you want to know what actually sold me on getting a playstation 4 what was it the pt demo oh my oh god my. Oh, thank you know that came a couple of years into the uh ps4 launch it actually wasn't yeah. on launch day right so you no, no it was, i think it was like a year or two after a while yeah yeah no and i and i saw that and i was like okay no i need to like have this in my life so i went out like the next day and i bought a, a playstation 4 and i was like and i downloaded it immediately that's incredible and... i mean it's not like a demo that'll last you like 40 hours it's like a 10 no. more like a half an hour experience at well the i mean well i mean realistically kojima did he, he said that he designed it to like take for people to take months for it to yeah. figure to figure it out it's kind of like um, a promise too right like it wasn't just the demo you everyone was promised the game would be coming yeah but you know but then you know konami had to be konami and konami yep. is the worst <laughs> so oh I'm, I'm still hoping i think i think kojima has like said uh he's like thinking about doing a, a horror game next but he also said that like he wasn't sure if he would actually do like pt because like developing apparently like like the year or something that he spent like developing that um or it wasn't even a year it was like a couple months that he spent like developing the pt demo um he said something like like developing a horror game gave him like these like terrible nightmares and he like he couldn't sleep so like he's like Kojima he's like yeah he's, he's like i could do that for a couple months he's like i don't know if i could survive like a five-year development cycle of like you know having terrible nightmares all the time but I, I hope I he makes it happen. I nightmare myself. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. I mean, I would have been more surprised if Guillermo del Toro was the one having nightmares. Oh, no, dude. Have you seen Guillermo del Toro's house? I I don't know if I've seen his house. Maybe in horror There's... movies, if that's actually his house in the labyrinth. Well, uh, what was it? Like a year or two ago, there was like a at the um, at the uh, the Toronto Art Center. Um, there oh, was... they had the exhibit. Right? They had the exhibit and I went to it and it was all like literally all this stuff that was like straight from his house. And he has like, he has like statues of like the eye creature from Pan's Labyrinth. He has like statues of like 
this like like the whole like the ghost woman from um uh uh what was the name of the one with uh tom hiddleston god damn it oh, uh, um that yeah the ghost in peaks one. oh man that yeah. movie was so good um yeah like he like and he just has all this like like nightmare fuel stuff just like in his house around in his house yeah because it's like that's that's the stuff that inspires him like he loves having it around well for anyone else visiting i don't think i'm ever gonna make a bathroom run or like a kitchen run because i'm just gonna go through that dark hallway (laughs) seeing all Ah! types of monsters like the shining look yeah like how badly do you want your midnight snack right it's weird how that works out too. How like these guys are usually because like he, you know, like, just watching interviews with uh, Guillermo del Toro, like he's just like the sweetest guy in the world, and it's just like like you know, you guys, you guys remember Salad Fingers, right? Salad oh fingers. yeah, nope. yeah. Okay, so what? Clearly, one of you is is super young, and the other one of you is my age because <laughs> you remember Salad Fingers. Um, well, the guy, like the guy who makes that, like, like again, like, I've seen him in interviews, and he's just like the nicest guy in the world. But like, he just he's like super like interested in making this like beyond creepy content like that's his art it's it's weird how that works out well del toro was like lovecraft and lovecraft was kind of like a kind of a sweet simple dude but he had a lot of skeletons in his closet so yeah he was a horrible racist <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, <Just worse. laughs> but you know he's you know brilliant mind but just yeah just oof just just not not great. anyway anyways <laughs> anyways <laughs> So we have, um, in other news, we have uh, Sega confirmed that they are making a live-action Yakuza movie, uh, which is very cool. Uh, I know a lot of people were really excited for uh, like uh, like a dragon, um, and and I actually like I remember I, I watched a couple like just like trailers for it, and it looked like so authentically Yakuza. So I'm really hoping that they that they kind of because like Yakuza Yakuza is a great game because it's not just like a sort of like um like a a simplistic Grand Theft Auto esque like, you know well like sort of <laughs> sort of <laughs> it's but it's like it's very tongue in cheek and I think people kind of miss that it's like it's like the good version of what Shenmue is supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. <laughs> well, because there's a lot of like silly like like stuff you could do on the side that like you know you wouldn't expect out of this game about like yeah like you know an actual like member of the yakuza. Oh, definitely. Like um, you'd have to go on all sorts of weird side quests, like save a karaoke bar or something. I didn't really. Yeah, or- <laughs> I overlooked that uh, over the top part of yakuza, and like there was only when they had the zombies game which uh really did it in like they wanted everyone to know that it was over the top so i think since yeah. then they've really done a great job of like showing people it's like a crime story that doesn't take itself too seriously yeah and i that's kind of what my hope is for this movie i really hope they don't just make like a like a crime drama like crime thriller like i really hope they kind of go like um kung fu hustle in, in you know in that sort of direction and like make it like very like you know this like kind of like comedic action you know martial arts movie yeah complete with the lady with the um the nightgown and the slippers and the cigarette huh. in her mouth oh yeah, yeah. gotta have her that back movie, that movie is uh legendary 
I love it. (laughs) 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 Part where the guy is in the is where he first goes to that like little like like village and he's challenging people to to a fight. (laughs) He challenges the old man and he's like jacked. (laughs) He he challenges like the kid. He's like, no, I don't want to fight you. I'm gonna fight this kid instead. And the little kid is just jacked. It's like the whole village. You just didn't want to screw with them. Oh my god, that was so funny. Oh yeah, he's such a good job. He's the greatest Did, uh, thing was... ever. Now, considering so, um... how Yakuza is gonna be a video game movie too. I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, uh, there's kind of this um, since Sonic, there's been this weird hot streak of uh, mediocre video game movies, which I still don't understand. But uh, are you worried about? the yakuza movie being mediocre um no because you know what like honestly i didn't think sonic was that bad like i don't even know if i would go so far to say it was mediocre like i thought it was good i said like it was sonic so i was like i was about to call it out but then i'm like no it wasn't bad at all so i it, it i really held my tongue on that it could have been you know so what bad, i mean like yeah no you know what like it, it kind of did what it, I, I you know it did what it had to do. I think I personally, like, yeah, like I think, you know, when, if I wanted like my ideal Sonic movie, it wouldn't have been like, you know, two friends go on a road trip, which is like the premise of every like kids movie ever. <laughs> it, but they are. Oh my God. I kind of, I kind of get why they had to do that. You know what I mean? Like as like sort of the, it's, you can't really get too deep into the Sonic lore. I think, um, on your first movie it could kind of alienate and i don't think a lot especially for a movie that is really is targeted at kids like it's you know it's sonic the hedgehog you're not going to get into the into the whole like you know freedom fighters you know going up against robotnik who's roboticizing animals and you know and all that stuff i think that's the kind of stuff you have to save for the second movie you know what i mean yeah so i think that's where sega actually jumped the hoop broke a little bit of that curse the video game movie curse because uh, by having Tom, like the human character, and Sonic going mm-hmm. on a road trip, it's kind of like having the audience go with them as they piece together who Sonic is, what he does, and like the lore piece by piece. And it's like Tom's the human surrogate for all the audiences. So in the first uh, move, like Sega was really smart by like how you said they would be um, very accessible, very slow with uh, introducing the world by putting Sonic in the real world before going into the sequel and taking people right into the uh, the trippy world that is uh, Sonic and Robotnik and animals and world one to one. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, and they set it up perfectly, right? Like you got like Jim Carrey actually looking like Robotnik, even By pulling the off of that. It, yeah. Yeah. Like, and he, he even like perfectly pulled off that, like little, like smile that like the, like early, like drawings the, the of grin, Robotnik used to have. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, you have tails showing up, spoiler alert, but you know, sorry. Um, of course he did. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> you know even and even even seeing the like the echidnas in like the beginning of the movie like yes. I guess like you know hints at the idea that even like knuckles might show up in the second movie or you know if they were if they were gonna do it really smart I think you know you gotta do number two introduce tails you know that because that's Sonic two and then wait for the third movie to get knuckles involved then it's just like you're you know connecting the movies to the game so perfectly it just works. Yeah, it's like Sega's being really patient with it, especially if they're on their first video game movie ever. I don't know if they did one yeah. before. No, not really. I mean, like, aside from animated stuff. 
and several cartoons and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Really, Yakuza. I'm not. I'm not too familiar with the franchise. I never really played any of the games, but like that seems like a somewhat safe formula to kind of follow up Sonic. Sonic was a bit of a risk, whereas you know something Yakuza based is you know at in the simplest terms it could be like a, like a mafia movie set in Japan, and that would satisfy most audiences. Yeah, I think you know what I think. Like, but that that also runs the risk of like upsetting the people who. I imagine would be the target audience for a movie like this, which would be like the, like the people who played the game, right? Because like sort of me and Clement were saying like a simple, straightforward mafia, like set in Japan movie, like it doesn't necessarily, it doesn't fully capture the, the spirit of the Yakuza games. Like they are very over the top and like borderline silly. Like, mm-hmm. so, you know, if, if it's, if it's not kind of like really, yeah. Like, you know, if, if, at, if at no point is Kiryu, uh, Kiryu like picking up a bike, and like throwing it like, at a person at like you know a hundred miles an hour, it's just not going to feel authentic. Yeah, well, like she sounds like a great uh, like influence for sure. Those oh, that's perfect. what I mean. Like it's it would be perfect. Just I like act all serious, and all of a sudden you're hurling bikes, and there's zombies and aliens and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that, that, and that's sorry. Go ahead, Clem. Yeah, like you got to find a way to pull this Yakuza movie off properly by making it like. Uh, not too much of a typical crime movie because we have enough of those already. But if you have a chance to use the most out of this game IP, then you're obviously mm-hmm. going to have to make people feel like they're uh, watching like a game which is also like well scripted. But like I think Yakuza has a bit of a chance of being a proper video game movie because like as games are getting more cinematic, right? And depending on how mm-hmm. like a dragon goes, right? They kind of have, the, have their own storytelling formula to. Uh, work their way in there and to make it like like you said a crime story that's not taking itself too seriously which is like pretty much what makes yakuza stand out they can put that into a movie like the yakuza movie then i think that'll also break the curse of video game movies yeah i i you know i i agree i think um i think i think people are 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 you know, and it's what 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 bothers me just a little bit is that it doesn't seem like there's a there's a div, uh, uh, a director attached yeah. to the Yakuza movie yet. We've got the producers, but not uh, <laughs> someone you can trust. Yeah, director yeah, not a, huge yeah, for any project. So I think like once we find out who's directing it, um, that's gonna be like that's gonna be the big like make or break on it. Like you know, depending on like in, like in what direction. Um, well, if it were it up goes, to you, right? who would you elect to do it? Oh, Stephen Chow, absolutely. Stephen Chow? Oh, <laughs> right. Because we're talking about who else <laughs> yeah, here. It's all we, we were just talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> he would he would he would know how to do it, I think. I think like now a movie like but, Kung Fu Hustle in there. Like he was the one who perfected the um crime and comedy. Like it, it almost if you put the Yakuza tag on there. It could be like a nice prequel into this one. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Well, I mean, what else could Sega make movies out of? Oh, uh, you know what? Of... Um, was um, you know, the Alone in the Dark was a movie too. Was that from Sega? That or was no. no um, it's not from Sega. Al- no, Alone in the Dark. I think. Oh, that you know where did okay Alone you know, in the Dark? Like, Alone in the that's... Dark started as um. Like as a weird like PC thing. Yeah, like this point and click adventure horror ish game until they yeah. went with the whole survival horror thing. Who the hell, who the hell made I'm it? gonna Google that. Know. 
Now, like, if that was made by Sega, that would have been, like, a, an interesting one. Um, it looks like, no, it was Atari. Or a bunch, it was handed over to a bunch of studios, not Sega. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's been all over the place. Yeah, so if that was made by Sega, it would have been, like, that also turned into a, a horror movie, which was just terrible. And, uh, yeah. yeah, it just perpetuated it wasn't really a lot of yeah was it who wasn't uh wasn't christian slater in that one yes that's him he was edward yeah. carnby the one that was directed by uve bull yes oh, wow the uve bull who did house <laughs> the... of the dead who makes he somehow was like he one of the only of... directors to make an arcade game base a movie out of an arcade game he has made a lot he's he's had the the, the license to a lot of video game movies he did like I think he did like Blood Rain. He did. I, I want to say he did, he directed Doom. I think the first Doom movie. The I first might have been him. Hmm. Um. That's insane. No, no, that was yeah. no, that was that was somebody. And there else. was Postal on top of that. Yeah. He's garbage. <laughs> but he will. But he will. He will challenge us to to a boxing match and kick the shit out of us. <laughs> you better what? watch your mouth. Yeah, he'll come after you. <laughs> he, he will do that. He has done that a few times. Well, I got to play more boxing games in VR to prep for that. Now that this is out of the wind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Actually, you know, you know what? You know what would be good. I think after this, what they got to follow up with? Altered Beast. Oh, there's a movie waiting to happen. <laughs> that would be like a. It's is that the werewolf game that's gonna come out? Yeah, it's it's like it's like semi. I think it's like semi Greek mythology, but he kind of turns it. The guy turn, kind of turns into a werewolf. Yeah, it looks super modern, so I didn't take it for a kind of Greek mythology thing. Like, he just went to construction sites, turning into a werewolf. That's all I know about the game so far. No, no, the, like, the, in the old Sega one, there's lots of, like, lots of uh, pillars and whatnot in the background. Oh, you, right. You can tell it's very, like very, it's very mythical. Grecian. Yeah, right. man. That's really cool. Oh, I mean, that's... Doom had a movie on top of that, which wasn't that bad at all. Like, I... I thoroughly enjoyed it as a guilty pleasure movie. You liked the Doom movie? <laughs> the one with Dwayne <laughs> The Rock Johnson? I mean, as and, like and filler and doing and my that's homework, what, it was... That's when Clement was mysteriously kicked off the podcast. <laughs> His audio just cuts out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, too late. You oh, telegraphed man. your move, man. Dude, there are so many good... Friggin' Comic Zone? That would be a great movie. Yeah. And then um, Scott Pilgrim went backwards by having the graphic novel, then the movie, and then the game. Yeah, I was thinking about it earlier. Like that's almost a that's almost a video game movie in itself with all the video game references. And exactly. Everything in it. Yeah, like, yeah, you would think that it's a video game movie, but it's not based on a uh, video game. Instead, the video game is based off the movie. That's how uh, in sync and in conjunction. The no, the game, the, the buddy, slow down. <laughs> the game is based on the comics. Draws much more from the comics, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's why you fight that giant like Sephiroth monster version of Gideon at the end. Right. Yeah. It's from the it's from the comics, man. Oh, right, Gatekeeper. Get I your, read the get comics. Your, get too. your facts. Get your facts straight. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, Riley O'Malley wrote the story first before the movie was adapted. Oh. <laughs> oh, Scott Pilgrim needs more gatekeeping. Oh Jesus! I know. I just, I just don't want to buy it again. I don't want to give Ubisoft money. Oh, but that game is so good, though. 
I know, I love it so much, and I want it on the Switch so badly, but this is like, oh, but they're the worst. <laughs> I still have it on, on my PS3, but I, I, I want to get it again just because it's. I know, I have it on my Xbox. I just want it. I just want it on the like that. That that is such a Switch game, absolutely, hundred percent. Oh, anyway, let's uh, let's move right along, shall we? We got uh, we got some uh, some some rumors. We got the rumor mill turning. Uh, we got Metal Gear Solid PS Five remake potentially. Now potentially. that would be a good video game movie. Metal Gear. Oh yeah, well, it's it's make it they? on the big screen. I, I thought that. I thought they were making uh like making it for Netflix or something. I thought I heard something about a Metal Gear. Not sure. Like there were a bunch of rumors in the pipeline, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if it was a Netflix limited series. Feels like it's in development hell after like by this point because it's been so oh, yeah. long since I first started talking about that. And Metroid on top of that, apparently John Woo was gonna do something with that. This was all the way back in two thousand five. Ooh, yeah, that's not happening now. <laughs> well, they got they got there's a story I think as early as um or as as far back as December. 2019 that says that a uh, a script for a live action Metal Gear like had been turned over to Sony, so I think they have a script for it. I just don't know if it's happening 100. percent I mean, it's essentially a movie in its own right already. So I don't know how you turn. Oh that yeah, into right. a Two hour movie. <laughs> the fir- literally the first what like two hours of Metal Gear Solid Five is just like 90 percent cutscene. Yep, and you're it's, it's all like... one shot too. <laughs> Take a step, cutscene. Shoot a guy, cutscene. <laughs> well, I mean, but then that's the thing too. I think that, and you know, as much as I love Kojima, it's like you could kind of tell there's like certain areas where I th- you think he'd he'd rather be making movies and video games, and I think Metal Gear is one of those games. At least the newer Metal Gears. The, yeah, he'll the fir- jump the in first and Metal out Gear. of his element. Like he'll be in the game element, the movie element. He could do both. Yeah. Even I think Death Stranding too was a lot of like Kojima, like well, wanting it was very to very like, cinematic, yeah. Make yeah, like just just make a movie already. Yeah, uh, you know. So, but anyway, like um, you know, whether or not this is true, I don't think you know. Obviously, like you, you got to take every single one of these rumors on the internet now with a grain, a huge grain of salt. Um, but I mean, you know, uh, a Metal Gear remake, like you know, Metal Gear Solid on ps5 like that would be a really big deal i think yeah and and speaking of kojima it'd be really interesting to see what happens with it when he's not even in the room right like this was so much his baby for so long like this is his probably his masterpiece and Mm -hmm. someone else is gonna rearrange it and you know do do who knows what with it really yeah um i do feel like kojima is gonna be pissed at any kind of degree if this was actually going to happen because like Kideo Kojima was so heavily involved like pretty much like he handled almost every aspect of the Metal Gear Solid games from like the first one to the Phantom Pain and like you would see his name in the credits because um he would just like be behind a lot of the aspects you know like every attention to detail would probably have to go through Kojima so I can totally imagine how uh it would drive him nuts if he didn't know what was going on with that remake well, I think I think like he has he has like since like basically said that any anything that comes out with the Metal Gear name on it, like, isn't Metal Gear. Like, uh, it's like just just unofficial. Like it's unofficial Metal Gear. Like he said he I think he even said it after after Ko- uh, Konami released Metal Gear Survive, and he was just yeah. like, "That's not Metal Gear." He's like, "What? Like, what do zombies have to do with Metal Gear? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it doesn't even make it didn't even make sense to to Kojima, like." 
So I think if if Konami were to re to release a a a Metal Gear Solid like remake without Kojima, like even Kojima would say like that's not real Metal Gear. Like, yeah, and a lot of fans just know this too because uh, Metal Gear Solid is part of Kojima's identity. Kojima's identity is a part of Metal Gear Solid. You take that away, mm-hmm. one or the other away, then you're just not going to get Hideo Kojima's Metal Gear Solid, obviously. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, like, and, and like that was the thing, right? With uh, you know, because like, um, Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid was like the, you know, at least I, I think for a lot of people, um, that first sort of introduction to like this like weird outside the box game design that only came from a guy like Hideo Kojima, right? Like the whole Psycho Mantis fight. Like, oh, who oh, else man. but Kojima would have thought of that? Yeah, that like that game is such a masterpiece. Like even today, it holds up. I think, and yeah, mm-hmm. like I, it, it inspired me to, like we we got a demo disc when we bought our PlayStation Christmas nineteen ninety eight. My brother and I played it. We sold all our Nintendo stuff to buy that game, and we just like played it obsessively oh. for a year after that. Like it was perfect. Like I played it front to back over and over again, and yeah, I just don't know what it is without Kojima. Like. I I I almost don't want them to remake it. I almost want them to just take the Twin Snakes port and just bring that over, shine it up a little bit. Oh bring, yeah, if you're gonna do it at all. Yeah, bring that to back to bring that back to the Switch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be that was the, great. That was the first time I think I ever actually like fully played. I, I was the same thing too. My my uncle had a PlayStation, so we we had that demo disc and we played the Metal Gear demo like every time we saw him. Like we just played it like over and over, and um. But like I never, you know, I never actually sat down and played it, so I didn't play like actually get to experience Metal Gear Solid until I played Twin, Twin Snakes, and it is a vastly different game, you know, because because years years later I would finally sit down and try to play um, the original Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation, and like like the first fight with um, uh, with Gray Fox, like next to impossible, like it, <laughs> I don't know how anyone did it, like. And I and I was sitting there trying to do it and just getting killed over and over again. And I was just like, this was so much easier on the, the Nintendo. I was like, why is this so hard now? Maybe because that was your first experience with it, I guess. Well, no, it's just because that was that was something that they did. Like they actually like for the for the twin snakes version, they actually made a lot more of the like fights and stuff more like more accessible and actually like easier to complete. Hmm. It's been so long since you know, it, yeah. Yeah, no, they they actually they actually did make like tone down the difficulty quite a bit on the I I, I read up about it. Hmm. So do you think it's gonna be even more accessible if Battle Gear Solid was made on the PS5? Uh without Kojima? No. I'm sure I'm sure Konami will find a way to, to mess it up. They found a way to screw up Contra. If anyone could screw it up, yeah, could be. Could be yeah, fun. like, like, <laughs> let that resonate a little bit. They took one of the easiest, like, most well, like, easy to make, most well known, like, shoot 'em up side scroller action games, and they ruined it. <laughs> like, they will find a way. But then again, and, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, like. Konami does not own the rights to game design. Like, Kojima has every right to make Metal Gear and just call it, like, you know, Iron Cog or whatever he wants to call it. Like, 
I said the exact same thing. I was like, why can't Kojima just make his Silent Hill game that he wanted to make and call it like Quiet Mountains? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, a different name. T- it's what I mean. Like, you know, Koji Igarashi got away with it. He made Castlevania. Like, he made Castlevania. He just called it something different. And now, like, and now not only do, do they have the, uh, the, the Ritual of the Night games that are just like, here's NES Castlevania, but it's not Castlevania, wink, wink. <laughs> it's like, Konami's not doing anything with Castlevania. People just make their own Castlevanias and just call it something different. And th- not only that, Ko- Konami doesn't own Dracula. You could make a game and put Dracula in it, and it would, you could do it. Dracula's public domain. Yeah, he's pretty ubiquitous. That's what I mean. You could make a, a game about a guy killing Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> so no, Konami can't sue you for that. Give me a break. Yeah, and I think since uh, Kojima and Konami broke off, right? That's also what happened with PT. The demo died. A lot of people yeah. were disappointed, right? And then uh, Kojima kind of promised that he'd continue working with Guillermo del Toro. And that's what happened with Death Stranding, too. So in that creative yeah. sense, they had that uh, kind of spiritual successor something that would avenge the uh, broken brand i don't know if that'll happen with Metal Gear solid though well i hope it does i mean i know i know kojima likes like he, you know yeah like it's his baby right like he you know it's something that was so close to him like for him to not be able to continue it uh i think it's just is is a tragedy right and and he could very well continue making it and just call it a completely something completely different you know what i mean just make this like the spiritual successor to metal gear and speaking of very successor, easy. though, I mean, right now I'm just picturing with the remake, how would Metal Gear Solid look under the Fox engine? Uh, you know what? Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm just like kind of thinking about Metal Gear Solid 5 now. And yeah, that, it was a really pretty game. Yep. That was just like gorgeous. Like even like I had that over the Xbox 360. It was one of the like. It was because of Metal Gear Solid Five, right? I spent more time on that Xbox One, and there was like a good forty hours put into it. So I think that was like the most I used out of the Xbox One for like one of the greatest games, like just my favorite games of all time. So it was definitely worth the money getting the Xbox One for that, and to see, um, you know, Konami, uh, yeah, just break it off. It's again tragic, but um, right now I'm just thinking like. Having that kind of experience, if they manage to make that kind of experience, right? That everything they loved from uh, the Phantom Pain and take it into the original game with the Fox engine, uh, maybe gameplay style, or like some brand new level design pieces, right? Then, you know, it won't be like the worst game ever made without Kojima. No, but I think again, I think you know, but in doing that, you lose a little bit of the spirit of Metal Gear. Oh yeah, Solid like it won't because, be the you know, same. Won't no, be yeah, same. because like you know, I think what ma- what makes Five work is you know, it's it's it was the first game. Um, I well, I mean, I, I guess like debatably from three, but three still is, is feels very like contained. That was kind of like you know this open world game, right? And to go from like you know uh, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid Two, and yeah, like debatably three, because three still was like it was contained, but it still kind of felt a lot more like open and connected. Right, they're like um, linear. Yeah, they're a little, they're a lot more linear, or they're just a lot more like focused, right? In these like little like areas and corridors, and like you know, so 
it it felt so drastically new right or, or such a new way to take this the series that was like you know primarily focused on stealth you know over like straight up running and gunning yeah um so so to try to adapt that idea and like you know using like the fox engine and using like sort of a similar like design philosophy and put it into metagross solid one i think yeah i think it would just it would detract from the overall experience like you want metal gear solid one feels as good as it does i think is because it feels so like tight and like well like put together it's like trying to put a bigger egg into a smaller egg yeah yeah absolutely like the first one is such a finely tuned series of encounters like it's it's Mm -hmm. basically like a series of puzzles really if you break it down to take that and to blow it out you it would be a totally different game it wouldn't it's not even worth calling that, that a remake at that point. Yeah. Now the reason and I bring up the yeah the reason I bring up the Fox Engine is because uh, I don't know if you guys heard before there was uh, like a soft little remake of Metal Gear Solid Three that Konami did after they broke off with Kojima, and sadly it was like this um, casino slot game. So if people wanted to see like the closest thing to a Metal Gear Solid 3 remake with the Fox engine, they would have to go into like a Japanese casino, see the cutscenes done through this uh, slot game. So it kind of gives you an idea of how uh, Konami managed to like uh, go back to an old game and take some elements from the Phantom Pain, like the Fox engine, and paste it onto Metal Gear Solid 3, which is what I think could happen if this remake for the original happened too. Well, and, put, and putting it in a casino, see that kind of shows where, where where they're thinking here. Like they just want to use the I was, for money at this point. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just about to say, what if these rumors are like complete? Like people are completely missing like the the real story. Like they're like, oh, Pia, you know, remake. They just heard the one the one piece of information they wanted to hear, which was like Metal Gear Solid remake, a and it's just going to be a pachinko machine again. Like, <laughs> oh no, don't jinx it! Oh, we have enough pachinko machines. Please. Konami will never have enough pachinko machines. They made a Silent Hill pachinko machine. You want to keep fighting Gray Fox? Keep putting in your pennies. <laughs> keep keep slotting in. Line it up. Pull the lever. Snake nods his head money. at you. <laughs> Snake nods his head at you. Do it! <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, the rest of the rumors suggest that uh, the rest of the uh, like so that, sorry. The, the rest of the rumors suggest that two, three, and four would also be coming, but they'd be straight ports. To so PC. to PC and PS5. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I'm I'm kind of wondering well, if this was just if it would just be you know the original maybe touched up a bit graphically. Well, in, interestingly, it's like it, it, apparently it it says the rumor says it includes the um the NES Metal Gear, mm-hmm. um. But that's but that's the one that Ko, Kona or Kojima didn't work on, like. Like Kojima uh, made one for, uh, I think it was for the uh, the Amiga, uh, like disc system, like, you know, the, like the old computer, and like it was a radically different game than what the NES game ended up being. Well, because he um, he worked on the original one, I thought, but then there was the sequel that was just for uh, Western audiences, Snake's Revenge or something like that. The one yeah, he totally disavows. Yeah, well, but he he disavows the first one too. He says it's like he didn't have any involvement in the first one. Oh, really? Um, and yeah, he said, and I think he's even like he's gone on records of Tua saying it's not a true Metal Gear game. Like, 
I think because I, I think I, I just I think it, I I forget how it worked out. I think it was something like like the company that made it like they had like partial like rights to like the the, the license, so they like sold it to Nintendo, and like Nintendo I think got like got like Ultra or something to uh, make a game. I really like, hope that Metal Gear Solid, if like this remakes come in, like they uh, Konami doesn't outsource it. Guarantee they probably will, not to Kojima Productions. Well, they'll they'll they, they'll probably do it in house, um, but they'll just ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line, yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> let's uh, let's 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 see what happens. I mean, yeah, I, I I find myself reluctant to support a new, um, or like a remake of Metal Gear, just considering how how poorly Kojima was treated by Konami towards the end of his like tenure with them. Um, And like for them to take something that, yeah, that is so like, so distinctly his and try to cash in again. um, It's just kind of a really shady thing to do, but you know, that's Konami for you. So moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we, uh, you know, I guess surprising no one, the uh, Xbox Series X has sold out. Um, now, is that like it's sold out entirely? Like there was not a single one in the world? Now, according to the reports, that would be a yes. And in uh, less than 24 hours, it would be almost next to impossible to find a proper product listing on your major retailers like Best Buy, Shop Drug Mart. EB Games, they're all grayed out. Uh, no, so so, do you think that's like the demand for Xbox is is so high that like literally everyone in the world bought them, or that X that Microsoft made maybe like you know a hundred and fifty of these things, and so it's technically you know quote unquote sold out worldwide. <laughs> Yeah, it could vary because, like, we don't know what the inventory is like, right? Maybe Xbox is holding out to see if people are going to, like, see what happens to PlayStation, right? And then that's when Xbox could easily, like, make a next wave of, like, a console. So we don't know that part. Now, another avenue is that people may be frustrated or disappointed or sad that they want to go in the next-gen train, but it's already left with uh, everyone getting the PS5. Now... Some people are uh, going over to the Xbox Series X, so maybe that contributed to the inventory going out. Uh, yeah, I suppose so. And yeah, a third avenue is when Xbox made a lot of promises about backwards compatibility. Now there are, uh, there was an untapped player base before where everyone had their old Xbox cds their old xbox 360 libraries that weren't exactly in a seamless like uh, vault or digital cache so with this uh, xbox smart delivery and people's uh backwards compatibility clouds moving into the xbox series x i think that is a huge incentive of why the uh, console sold out of stores because people finally can like just have a simple console of keeping all their past favorite xbox games in one in a way that they couldn't have done before another selling point chris your thoughts i i'm kind of cynical when it comes to online pre numbers because <laughs> my man <laughs> um having having tried to collect um amiibo figures back when they launched 
I just I I I don't trust online listings for things anymore. So yeah, I think you guys were saying last week on the show that you know what they what they allocate for pre-orders versus what they send to the store is could be two different stories. You know what? Actually, uh, I'm I'm actually really glad you brought that up because I was thinking about it. I actually got that wrong, and I was thinking about it uh, during the week. Um, so so I I, I sort of uh, like I I misinterpreted like my own memory of like that that interaction. What my what my buddy had told me was that so they get they get a certain number of consoles um, sent to the store, right? Uh, so let's say like they get like 50 consoles, um, and they have like you know 48 pre-orders. 48 of those consoles have to go to pre-orders first. Then mm-hmm. whatever's left over goes to the public. So like walk-ins so, and... Would that be walk-ins and on-the-spot stuff? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like walk-ins and whatever. So whatever's left is can be made available to the public. But then you also, you know, you run into stuff like, like when I, you know, my cousin uh, who used to work at EB Games, when the Wii's were really hot... Um, you know, he got, they got a shipment of Wii's and like after, you know, what they had left over put aside for pre-orders, he was like, dude, I have, I have a Wii here. I'm putting it in the back. Come get it if you want it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, you know, you never know like how things shake out at EB, but yeah. So I had actually gotten that wrong. It's not, it's not two separate orders of like, you know, these are for public and these are for pre-orders. It's one giant order and whatever's left after the pre-orders gets to go to the public. Yeah, and and it's good for Microsoft too to say that. Oh, yeah, we sold out our pre-orders because you know in a week when they open up a new allocation of of, of units like uh, like Sony's doing um, tomorrow as as a recording with PlayStation Five. You know, we sold out the original allocation of pre-orders a week and a half later. There's a new wave. Go check out your EB Games. You know, it it it, it it's good for Microsoft to kind of build this sort of narrative. Um, and Sony's probably doing the same thing too, where they're saying, "Oh, yeah, we sold out instantly." Yeah, yeah, you know, see, and this is the thing why, like, it's really, it's really bumming me out. 2020 definitely is the sad year, <laughs> um, or I mean the sadder year. We've had many sad years, uh, probably since 2016. Um, <laughs> and, like, it's just because, you know, it's like, it was something I, I saw on Twitter. There's this, what, this person I follow, she's great, but, like, she, she had a tweet that really, like, it, it, it stuck with me for a bit. Because she, like, she tweeted something that was, like, it was like I just I'm just realizing like now or something like like it just like I can't believe that I I pre-ordered a PS5 like I'm so happy and I was like you know what good for her but at the same time like is this where we're at where we are like falling over ourselves to be happy about pre-orders like <laughs> <laughs> like what happened to the days of your where everyone was like you know kind of maybe getting on the don't ever pre-order it's not like you know it's not good for the consumer train right we all are just like now like we're you know we're so desperate for something that it's just like the only thing we can get excited about now is the 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 promise to spend money when the thing comes out like and a lot of it too like it's not we can't just have things available that we can go get if we want them like and don't forget don't on know. launch day people take a lot of pictures of themselves and have all the coverage with getting their hands on yeah. the console box for the first mm-hmm. time when they line up even when they're lining up they'll be super happy then you get that that one jerk who buys one and just smashes it with a hammer in front of everybody yep yeah so is that one. although you know what kudos to that guy uh <laughs> <laughs> kudos to that guy 
no you know what because i i i gotta say that takes a lot of balls right like you know to go in front of a this like crazy huge lineup of people who are waiting to get this console and they're worried they might not buy one and here comes this jerk who just smashes it in front of everybody no words just looks at everybody and does the deed that guy was yeah that guy was awesome and i asked him at what cost at all i thought i heard a rumor I thought I heard a rumor back then that that so you know what I'm talking about that guy the the guy who bought the uh, he bought like an Xbox 360 a PS yeah. a PS3 and a Wii and he smashed them all in front of them uh, out, of, out of the lineups when he when he got them I heard a rumor that he actually bought two so he like he bought one and then flipped it on eBay for like double the price and then he like smashed the other one in front of everybody so he was like he came out laughing at like every turn so he scalped and he destroyed more or less yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I envy his disposable income or I pity his debt. You know, you spend. Well, I don't yeah. like him already. <laughs> Either way, I hate his debt. <laughs> I had a kind of a similar situation where I was kind of waiting on the PS4 and not the funds for it, and then uh, at, at, at my job at that at that point, someone left in our in our dumpster um, the box for a PlayStation 4 and like a brand new TV and a brand new home theater, just dumped it in our garbage. Like that was my equivalent of that experience. Must have been an interesting argument they had. They must Wait, have. so you got you got a PS4 just out of the trash? Oh no, no, he he threw his garbage in our garbage. He just threw the cardboard boxes out for all this stuff. Oh, okay. I was oh, gonna, I thought really... you got a free console. <laughs> yeah, in there, I was and I'm say, like, what happened? Yeah, no, that would have been a, <laughs> that would have been a very happier story. A much happier story. <laughs> Not for them, oh, obviously. Oh no, no, no. But uh, yeah, no, just gloating yeah. that uh, the success of everybody else too. Speaking of scalpers too, like yeah. that's one of the reasons why I'm so cynical about these numbers too, because yeah, you know, exactly. how, many, how many of these units have been snapped up to go for a thousand bucks or more on by, eBay? Oh, and yeah. by bots and by people who just want to withhold these consoles from people who actually want to buy them. So with the Xbox Series X going out fast, like you said, that actually could be contributed by people looking to flip a dime during times like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're already bad enough. And that's and that's before all the pandemic stuff happened too. So. Yeah, like oh, dude, people, people taking notes from Nintendo Switch too. Like they had a bunch, a huge shortage over the summer because of that. Dude, taking taking note taking note from from Nintendo in general. I was trying to get that uh, that Super Mario pin set that you got supposedly what you know to, you could get if you bought the thirty the Mario three D All Stars, and uh, those things were gone in like five seconds. And then I went on eBay, and someone had it listed for ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Oh my god! Some, okay, somebody's somebody's having a laugh right now. <laughs> Who's gonna spend that much money on that? That's your. I thought about it. <laughs> I really oh one of those pins. one thing. You to be a little more smart than that. Well, you know what? But that's what that's the genius of it, right? You put it up for ten thousand, and then the first person who spends the money on it, like they set the price. Now these are worth ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Now, what do you yeah. think the same thing happened with the PS5 and the Series X, which is why they sold out so fast? Um, I'm sure there's I'm, I'm sure there's a certain degree of like, you know, relevance to that. Like I'm sure, you know, it was probably opportunists snatching them up if they could. Um, but at the same time, like I yeah, like I agree with Chris. Like I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a cynic. And, you know, part of me part of me just believes, you know what, I'm sure they're keeping supply, like, you know, semi-limited right now, because they're trying to keep that hype going until launch. Like, I'm still a staunch believer in the idea that if I go to a store on November 12th, I will be able to find one. I didn't think I was going to get the Wii at launch, or the Switch at launch. And me and my buddy just went to a store, like, 
like a local Walmart, you know, it was like 10 in the morning. Um, and we just, we were able to get switches and copies of Zelda. Like it just, I don't know. I don't know if maybe because it was, you know, different time then. Um, but I just, I can't in my heart of hearts, especially, especially, and it's not even just like, it's not even just like, like with a company like Nintendo that is sort of like a hardware manufacturer. Um, but like they're, they're a game company first, like Nintendo often drops the ball on their like distribution, like Sony and Microsoft have no excuse to not like be on the ball with like distribution of their products. They sell too much stuff. Yeah, everyone. Yeah, exactly. What they have, like they have the assets, they have the resources to 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 put these things on the shelves. So, I just I, I I'm very much of that idea. I think it's I think it might just be for a, a hype cycle. That definitely plays a part in it. Yeah, like I I would say you know the the strong performance of the, on the pre-orders is probably largely in parts of the scalpers and the opportunists, but also there is a genuinely large enthusiasm for both these systems. So. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not discounting that for a second. Mm-hmm. I just. I. I think. I, I. Like I said, I don't think it's. I don't think it's solely just like that stuff. I think it's. I think it might just be because it, it's the appearance of of a sellout, right? Just because you know, I am cynical like that, and, and you know, and I believe that these companies they they do stuff like that, right? They they'll they'll keep the supply low, so yeah, they can have a second wave, and they can have a even or even a potential third wave of of pre-orders and they can keep people talking about it keep it in the media cycle like keep the hype for it up and don't say third wave oh jesus <laughs> too soon too soon don't say second wave yeah we're in it now <laughs> oh way too soon man well and th- that might be a factor too like they might be keeping numbers low so you know if there is an impact because of manufacturing concerns they're prepared right yeah so with that pre-order fiasco still going on would you say someone's chances of getting a PS5 or an Xbox are better online or in person? I I would go on I would go in person personally. Yeah, I'd I mean it's I I'd say it's 50-50 like the, you know things you you would you would genuinely think that getting stuff online especially nowadays like would be a lot easier. But yeah, like stuff just gets snapped up so quickly. There's so many like people who are better at the internet than than most people. Like, um, I, th- I you know I, th- I but I at the same like you know because of of you know the current times, it might be like you you know you don't you don't really truly know. Like I'm I'm trying to stay a little optimistic on the idea that you can I can go to a store and just get it. Um, but yeah, like you know every everything's a little up in the air right now in terms of like delivery of product to shelf so yeah i guess that's where digital games are good but have getting the console for the digital games yeah. is a different story mm-hmm. that's gonna yeah. be i guess uh, yeah like we're just gonna have to wait till uh till launch day and see see what happens right now yeah like that you know these uh sony and microsoft are kind of controlling the narrative on these things mm-hmm. it's a little bit scary seeing different retailers like shoppers drug mart and ev games say hey we're gonna have pre-orders this week we're gonna have some available spots this day and you just see everybody sitting there waiting for uh for a system or to try to get it and uh, there was a buddy of mine who kept asking me as like as if i knew something about it where hey like um you know anywhere i can look right now or like um do you have the times of when they're available and like 
you know, try to get me to warn them. And it's kind of like goes back to what you said about how people are definitely really going out of their way just to secure a pre-order spot, whereas it's different than actually getting the uh, console on day one, like in a very simple fashion. Yeah, I mean, that I mean, it, blows, it blows my mind that a company like Shoppers Drug Marts is doing pre-orders for PS5s like that. <laughs> and their site crashed that, too. Yeah, well, I'm sure they did because they're, you know, they're, they haven't updated their site probably since, you know, the Middle Ages. I want to know who Black. That was that was the best kept secret in Canada. <laughs> it was actually Shoppers Drug Mart themselves on Twitter. They're like, "Hey, like we're gonna have some, right?" And then that got shared all over Twitter, and that's when people were like bracing for impact as soon as the uh, site was gonna put the posting up, right? And then no, from all I, the traffic, I blame, yeah, I blame Zuby. He was the one who was really talking about it. <laughs> The secret that, was, was out that, for was us. The, that was the best technique. You know, you don't can't find it at EB. Go to shoppers. They probably haven't don't even realize it. Oh yeah, I know. And you get a discount. That's literally <laughs> what I was doing, like mid pandemic, like when we were when it was locked down. My brother was talking about getting a like wanting to get a switch. So I was like going to I, I couldn't find them anywhere. So I was like, people just take a walk over to the local shoppers because you know they're they're always good for at least for a switch or two. <laughs> That's how I got mine three years ago when you couldn't find them at all. Yeah, they would think everyone overlooks shoppers, but now everyone puts shoppers on the list. So weird. I don't. I, just, I don't even want to. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on. Uh, we got we got time for maybe uh two little quick ones. Um, we got you know this is this is an interesting thing to me. I just wanted to you know mention it that uh, Rocket League has gone free to play went free to play what on uh like uh tuesday monday or tuesday hmm. i can't I uh I, it I, was I, tuesday i believe it you know what it's i, I think it's a really it's a really cool thing um i think uh yeah we were, we were just talking about it we did a little i got I, I did a little video of uh of some rocket league play for for the site it's like it's so funny because it wasn't even like it wasn't even in conjunction with anything like like I didn't, I didn't realize that Rocket League had or Psionics had a plan to release Rocket League like as a free to play game really? um, until I loaded the game up and I saw that they had like the banner ads all over the stadiums, like yeah, that was, was saying like you know like free, free to play. play. Um, you know, I just did it like on a whim because I was just like, I want a fun game to 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 record some video for, and I was like, Rocket League, of course. You know, I I never don't have fun playing that game. Uh, and that was some of my best work ever, I think. <laughs> if you watched that video and you saw, you know, I was making jokes. It was, it was if you don't if you don't want to watch it, at least get it, like, go to the six minute mark because I was making jokes about how I was going to score three goals in ten seconds, and then I straight up did it. Oh <laughs> man! And he was getting really into it. It's definitely, it'll be worth your five five minutes. Oh my god. I still can't get over that last goal that just like came out of nowhere, banked the ball off, <laughs> you were the, driving off straight, the ceiling. Right? No, I wasn't. I was, I was, I spawned. It was kind of like the, the back like corner. Yeah. Like, I, like usually, usually t if you want to get that shot off, the best place to spawn is like directly in front of the ball, like where you're like, you know, you're not, you're not in the back position where you're closer to the net. Um, But I was sort of off to like, it was like, I guess like, like it was like center, like right center field. And yeah, I just I went full steam at it, and I managed to to catch the 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 top of the ceiling, and it went directly into the net. Glorious, <laughs> it was amazing. 
I cannot, I still can't get over it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really love the idea. It's, it sort of seems to me like, like Rocket League, like, um, I, you should, it should have gone free to play sooner, I think. Yeah, like, like it feels surprising, but not surprising at the same time. Yeah. You know, Rocket League, I think it, it, it was always like, cause Rocket League was always like pretty reasonably priced. I don't think it ever really went above like the $20 mark. No. Um, at least not when I bought it. Um, and like, you know, they, Psyonix kind of, kind of did some shady stuff. Like, you know, they're, they're not exactly like the, the, the most picture perfect, uh, like company when it comes to like, you know, how they, they were kind of saying how like loot boxes and that stuff would never go into, into, uh, Rocket League and then it did. And then, then they had that stupid fiasco where like they had loot boxes, but you had to buy the keys for the loot boxes. Like, um, you know, and then they finally got rid of all that stuff, which was good. Um, but it's like, you know what? It's like if they wanted to have like microtransactions and loot boxes and stuff like that, then yeah, they should they should have just, you know, gone free to play sooner. Like at least, when, you know, not that I'm ever really on the in support of loot boxes and, you know, and that kind of stuff. But like if you're going to put them in a free to play game, it's a little bit more acceptable. Yeah, it's worth noting that this free to play version of Rocket League uh, adds some new features like your own uh, progression system with the battle pass so you can unlock different things as you gradually go and it really turns itself deeper into a live service like what we talked about with avengers earlier so this game is here to stay but it's also going to be evolving to fit that kind of landscape yeah and I, and i'm and, and rocket league has has sort of consistently been evolving which is which is always a good thing to see about it And lastly, you know, because I feel like we sh we have to talk about it just a little bit. Um, the uh, the the creators of Fall Guys. Uh, no, we're going to that one. We're going with that. Yeah, one. they uh, <laughs> they tweeted out a picture of the anatomy of the Fall Guy, and it is a horrifying nightmare image of um some like semi humanoid skeleton. I, I, so so if you obviously you've probably seen the the fall guys like you know they're kind of like little little squishy bean men really um, adorable beans that just fall all over the place yeah they do but not fit this exoskeleton whatsoever no you go supposedly, underneath supposedly yeah. uh supposedly they have a semi humanoid skeleton complete with like an actual like proper human skull their spine stretches around like a long like neck a like a, like they have weird chicken legs um the hands got huge me like yeah huge webbed hands that kind of look like human hands on the outside but the the weirdest thing is probably the eyes because the skull is sort of at the top of the bean but then, like, the eyes sort of stretch down through those, like, weird eye uh, wires that I, I, I we supposedly have. Um, I've never actually, I don't think I've ever seen them, but... Yeah, not even Guillermo del Toro wants this in his hallway. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's like, it just, you know what? I hate it. <laughs> Everyone. I hate it. Is like, probably not and, sleeping tonight from looking at this. And I, I, I don't hate it because it's like a nightmare image. Um, I hate it because it has no reason to exist. Like, part of the charm 
and the fun of Fall Guys is that, you know, the 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 Fall Guys, the titular Fall Guys, are these cute little squishy bean men who just fall over and, and they're having a good time. And this just <laughs> this just feels like like shock for shock's sake. Like it's like, oh, you know, let's let's let's, you know, mess up some perceptions and you know and yeah hi, hi, lol isn't it funny that our fall guys are so cute on the outside but in the inside they're terrifying you ruined it's like, it it's like oh my god just reel it in guys like reel it in like this is so like i mean and you know it's devolver digital is the kind of company that would you know like sanction this kind of weird like you know meta joke. crime against humanity yeah but at the same time, it's just it just feels like it just feels like the the stuff you would find on R creepy. It's just like some some fan. This is some fan made thing that somebody did. And like, it's not even it's not even as bad. I know I know I mentioned it earlier, but it's like it's not even as bad as like those like you know people who do like the Pokemon anatomy because at least like po- okay like Pokemon have like weird shapes, but they're supposed to be like reflective of animals. So someone trying to like actually map out how their like bone structure and their anatomy would work, you know, is makes a little bit more sense than this is like, Hey, let's just try and freak people out with freaky images because lol the internet. (laughs) Yeah. And they said, this is official lore now and reminded people that it was already shocking not to find out these fall guy beans were six feet tall. So they tried to make it, uh, they tried to connect this to the real world where, uh, it would be uh, like a believable, terrifying thing to see. they doubled down on this. You thought the six feet thing wasn't scary enough. They are six feet uh, monsters underneath these beans. Now it does. It does kind of explain why when they fall down, they can't get up properly on a slope. I mean, oh. that makes some more sense now, I guess. But yeah, their bones are hurting. Like those <laughs> They're probably screaming on the inside. Those legs are not functional. Those they legs. have like elbows, but not elbows at the same time. They're shoulders on shoulders. Your knees yeah, are up in your torso. Why? <laughs> It's just, know. yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just dumb. To quote, to quote the, the absent Brendan Fry, that's dumb. Really dumb. <laughs> he wouldn't even have any words to say about this. No, those would be his words. I've known, I've known Brendan long enough that he would exactly like that. He just, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> that's my perfect Brendan impression. Yeah, and just seeing this, like, a lot of people are on the comments saying, like, hey, this game is not the same anymore. And I think, uh, why would Fall Guys even try to do this to people? Yeah, but everyone says that, you know, oh, this game's not the same anymore. You, you ruined it. It's like, no, you didn't. Shut up. You're going to keep no, playing they're, it. They're yeah. still playing it right now. Yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll start you... dropping again. Like, I'm still going to play the game. I'm not speaking who are you, for who are you fooling? anybody here, except for, for some reason, Devolver Digital. This just—it seems to me like you know the the best, the best way that th- this could have been is like no anatomy whatsoever. Like these are just cute little jelly men. But, the, yeah, like, media molecule never needed to show us the inside of a sack boy. Like he just yeah, he, he just, runs around. Just, and stuff. I just never stuffing. actually saw that. I hope that didn't happen. No, like that's what I'm saying. They never needed to. They just you know, Here's our. Cute I'm sure desktop. if you Google it, you'll find it. Uh, I'm sure someone's drawn their own conception, their own fan art of it, but oh, man, molecule, as far as I know, never set a cannon down for that. But... Like cute things be cute. Get, you know, just just quickly moving past this, who's excited to play uh, Fall, uh, No Man's Sky again? Oh, with a new update. 
Yeah, the Origins update. I've never tried it, but uh, I'm growing more and more interested in trying it. Oh, out. dude, you got you got to play No Man. You know what? I've liked No Man's Sky since it first came out, even when it was like a nothing game, and it's just it honestly just keeps getting like better and better. Like they just keep adding more and more stuff to it. Like it's like one of those games that keeps giving. Oh yeah, no, they they I think they they recognized how hard they dropped the ball on it, and they just they keep putting stuff in it. I'm I I have some ideas of like what I want. I want to make a video about it, but I want to do something like different with it. But I'm oh, curious. Man, did so, they? So how long did it take to develop the first build? Yeah. How long did it take to make the first build um, of the game? I want to say I want to say like five years from like its first announcement. But I don't. But again, I, I you know what? Uh, I I probably have to start really like googling about like when they like 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 how long they were working on it before they announced it. But like you know, looking yeah, back on it now, like something. what 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 they announced like what they showed off like it you know yeah it was so unrepresentative of the final product that you know you 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 might not even be able to look at it and be like oh yeah they were definitely working on this game like for like years before they finally actually announced it like based on the first announcement trailer and even the the trailer that came after that like e3 it was just like you guys didn't start working on this till like after e3 did did you it just the trailer first and then everything kicked off so oh yeah it was so wholly unrepresentative of what the final product was um yeah it, i mean it's worth noting that like if what if like all these updates and stuff after launch took longer than development time well then yeah that's probably how you end up with a good product finally <laughs> yeah it's just uh, a little bit mind-blowing to think about that yeah well you know that's how that's how the game industry is right it's just get it yeah. i mean you know <laughs> sonic boom anyone oh no never talk about sonic <laughs> the, wearing the ascot we don't do that here. I don't buy the ascot. I just I buy the fact that they literally worked on that game for like a month and a half and then shipped it. I wonder if it was like a put together game. Like I I don't know if it's like I don't care if it's like really bad or good. I care if it's like an actual game that has a start to finish, has menus, and is put. Together oh, I, I I I really don't know. I mean, like there's there was there was a great video. Um, that the game grumps did where they were breaking down how like literally every cutscene in that game has some kind of like graphical error or like glitch. <laughs> and if you like, if you go through it like frame by frame, you can like really see them. Like there's, there's moments where like characters spawn in before the cutscene happens. So like, <laughs> yeah. like there'll be like, or there'll be like a transition in the cutscene and you'll see the, like for like a, for like a single frame, you'll see the characters like spawning like ahead of where they're supposed to be in the cutscene. Are they, and then they the like jump back. Uh, in in a couple of them, they are T posed. Oh my yes, God, that's the greatest yeah. thing ever. It's so I'll send it. I'll send it to you after this is done, uh, which is going to be now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you segue, people. <laughs> that's your homework so, before the next podcast. Yeah, what break down Sonic Boom frame by frame? <laughs> a topical so, content. Thanks again for uh, listening to the Pixels and in Ink podcast brought to you by CG Magazine. Um, definitely check us out on our website, uh, CG Magazine online or CGMagOnline.com, uh, where you can get all the latest game tech and movie, TV, entertainment news, reviews, all the fun stuff. Um, you can find us on uh, Spotify and Apple uh music and i guess anywhere where podcasts are listened to uh i really need to get the list of all the stuff where we post this thing <laughs> um 
you can find all you can also find us on twitter at cgmag online you can find us on instagram same same name um you can find me on twitter at ninja jordan underscore you can also find me on youtube at ninja reviews yep chris yep the intern. Wait, wait your turn clement yep, the intern going <laughs> first that's the tradition now uh you can find me on twitter at hoogathy that's h-o-o-g-a-t-h-y and also on twitch at guild two taps all one word clement awesome all right now it's my turn is it safe now to come out turn. of this bunker <laughs> yes i won't find a You're giant excited, kaiju I get it. who is ninja jordan <laughs> we won't I, I take down the kaijus you are the kaiju who takes down the other kaiju uh i'm the ninja who takes down the kaiju thank you very much okay you well you're no sekiro okay oh <laughs> uh, buddy what do you think sekiro learned all his moves but the kaiju uh, does have an ass not block. from you chump <laughs> well more of that and more to come through my youtube twitch and new stories over cg magazine my handles for all of them are the insta word so if you ever want to think of someone who comes up with words on the spot think the insta word very nice very nice uh promotion that you got this commercial you got set up there <laughs> and mean to outshine you guys when you want to think about words being made up on the spot, think about the dictionary. I mean, the instrument <laughs> word. <laughs> sure. Well, well that's a compliment. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. To be compared to the dictionary, it's, I mean, it's probably one of the most influential books of all time. Of course. So thank you. You know, go out and read it. That's actually it's a great read. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I don't, want to, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it's Zed. The zebra did it. <laughs> <laughs> Jealously. <laughs> all right well thanks again for listening uh of, of obviously of course stay safe stay inside wear a mask and listen to great podcasts by great people and this is where alex would do the ding but we don't have him here so i'll just do it <laughs>